Welcome to the Snarky Harlots Podcast, and we are your hosts, Avery Fires. And I'm Leah Knights, where you can expect the exact right amount of snark for a couple of whores who've been in the industry for a combined 30 years. In this podcast, we will be talking about sex work, life, and everything in between. If you are offended easily, this ain't the podcast for you. An obvious warning for explicit topics ahead. And if you're under the age of 18, please fuck all the way off. And this is the first episode of the Snarky Hearts podcast, and we will be talking about how both of us got involved in the sex industry. So uh, strap in, strap on, and uh, let's get into it. Yeah, it's going to be a little little interesting, because I think both of us have got quite interesting stories in regards to how we got started being harlots. Oh, look, so- I'm a complete cliche, like, <laughs> without fail. There is, like... Nothing original about the way I got into the sex industry. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to people who have never like delved into our industry, I guess. So, I mean, to the to other sex workers, it'd probably be pretty pretty boring. But <laughs> to someone will civilians. find it interesting. <laughs> yeah, to civilians will be interesting. <laughs> Well, it's kind of weird. So I, like I said, massive cliche. So I, and I had like issues with this for ages, like, and didn't realize, like it was sort of some weird internalized horophobia. So I started um, stripping when I was still in high school and then moved into porn and then full service. And of course, everyone in my life was like, it's taken clothes off now, Leah, but you know, within you know, it's just a slippery slope and it's always, they always say slippery slope and they don't realize how funny it is until you're already <laughs> down that slope and you're looking up going, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Stripping is the gateway drug. Yeah, it's, it, well, yeah, <laughs> fuck it, so was. Um, <laughs> but it was weird. Like I didn't have, um, like I think it was about five years in the industry before I actually had that conversation with another worker like I was a little bit embarrassed like I was just like oh my god like I am so stubborn and everyone's like oh you're gonna be doing this and of course that's what I ended up doing and like a little bit of me was like I don't know disappointed I guess like makes no sense because I chose sex work and I fucking love my job but um I guess I yeah I was a little like oh my god I'm like what people like I'm that cliche (laughs) but I mean as soon as I had that conversation with other people like I found out like I am not the only one like there are plenty of us started stripping makes porn and then full service like there's not anything shameful about that (laughs) like I just had this weird chip on my shoulder for whatever reason yeah my experience was very different (laughs) um so I got started when I was a teenager and the first thing I did was full service sex work because I was like I need money I'm poor might as well do it um and obviously like I didn't know at the time that I was very aware that like I could separate like the emotions and like the love side of sex because like I was a little slut in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I did my fair share of slutting around. I was just a fucking tease. (laughs) 
I never got around to any of the actual slutting, like fucking, I mean, dancing around on tables and pool tables and getting my gear off in places I probably shouldn't have done all that, but never actually slept with anyone. Like, I mean, minimal people before I joined sex work. Complete prude, in fact. (laughs) Sorry. But yes. (laughs) So once I started... I originally, like, posted on Craigslist or responded to Craigslist ads um, back before I had any sense whatsoever and I would just rock up to clients' places and apartments without doing any fucking screening, screening your clients' place. Um, and I'm surprised I was not hurt in the process, thankfully. <laughs> Because oh. now, now I look back at it and I'm just like, oh my god, I did some crazy shit when I was younger. <laughs> oh, look, part of the reason, like, because I, I did escort earlier on in my full service career. But yeah. I didn't have a I didn't have a car. Taxis costed like a shit ton of money because like rideshare didn't um, wasn't invented back before the wheel. Um, so like there wasn't really like a lot of like I just wasn't mobile kind of thing either. But I don't think like I never fucking screened my clients back then either, and I was doing overnights. So I was like crawling through the back gate so I wouldn't get like caught by the parents who lived in the house like all kinds of shit like I didn't even think twice about any of that either like it it wasn't until I got to like the adult stage where I'm like oh shit I could actually get hurt doing this I could get in trouble like I didn't realize the laws back then like you couldn't work from hotels and I was working from like hotels. I would Yeah, see convince- I never worked from hotels, but I just <laughs> I couldn't fucking bring myself to go into some other fucking house and fuck some wanker on like a bloody mattress held up by milk cr- c- crates anymore. Oh like I just couldn't God. do that anymore. I'm like, fuck this, give me the brothel life. And there I went. <laughs> At least you can actually like control the environment somewhat when it comes to brothels. Yeah. Because like even though some of them can be gross, as we both know. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least you can like have semi-control. Like, when, when you're going to clients' houses, you don't know what you're walking into. It could be, like, no. an actual tip in their place. I've been <laughs> to some, I can confirm. Some of them live in literal nests. Like, I've seen clients in the nests. Some of the, oh, my God, some of the profiles you see on Twitter today, like, I don't know. Like, these... The, are these boys getting shagged anymore? Because I tell ya, like, I see a lot of escorts that there's no way they would entertain that kind of thing. And good on them too, by the way. Fuck them. Those boys do not deserve to get laid unless they can clean up their fucking room. Put a pillowcase on their pillow. Oh, Jesus. my God. Just just a fitted sheet will do as well. Like, come on, please. That's, that's all we need. What the so, fuck yeah. did your parents teach you? After I got uh, into, like, doing full service, which is funny because, like, I started in full service, um, I stopped for a while because I was way too young and naive to be uh, going into strangers' houses when I didn't even know how to screen. Um, Nothing negative happened at this time, but I just kind of, like, stopped working. And um, I started doing camming on my free cams for, I'd say, about eight months and I stopped doing that again because I had money coming in through like work and other means. And then I was like, okay, um, not really going anywhere in life because uh, my background is quite underprivileged. I grew up in the shittest suburb of Bendigo, of all places. So Bendigo. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
fucking just, nah, just nah, it was even wor- it was worse than Bendigo. It was a suburb of Bendigo that was trash. So once I moved to Melbourne, I was like, okay, I need to find find something to do. And it wasn't until a friend of mine asked me, and she's like, oh, I really want to like make some money. I really want to do something different. Like I want to try escorting. And like I was looking up the laws, and like I'd previously done it, but like I was still concerned about my safety. So I was like, okay. I need to do like this safely. So I actually like started researching brothels and I think I was like just 20, like 20 years old at the time. And I found this brothel and we went to go um, to the brothel and it was uh, a really, really nice establishment. Like it was clean and like really well presented. There was like nice couches and everything. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like it's, it's a nice, like yeah. it's a nice place. Uh, yeah. The people behind it are not fucking nice, but <laughs> It was a nice front, that's for sure. And they asked us to start working, even though we haven't had STI tests on the first day when we went there to do the interview. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So we just left and we got our tests and then we ended up going back for some reason, even though like there was a red flag of like they didn't need the tests the first day we went there. Because that was just weird. Um, And, like, it was quite good. I think I did, like, two bookings or something. It wasn't a lot. But that's because, like, I'm... Back then, I was, like, very, very shy and awkward. And I had a real hard time with... I had a hard time with intros. Like, it was really difficult. And, like, you know me. Like, you've seen me do intros. I fucking suck at them. And I've been doing this for fucking 10 years. (laughs) I've perfected mine. Like, it's... I'm... I'm... I've kind of passed the point where I've perfected it to where I don't even intro seriously anymore. Like when I go over there, I'm just trolling you. I'm trolling you to the point where you'll book me just so you can slap my ass and call me a, you know, a naughty bitch. Like that's <laughs> like, it's just a challenge now. I just toss them a challenge. We're like, fuck me if you think you can. You can literally just go up there and be like, I'll climb you like a tree. I've done that. <laughs> One of my first, like, I can't believe I got booked doing this, but I actually went over to a dude, dry humped his shoulder, like, looked him square in the eyes and was just like, how about it? And then I just walked off and he fucking booked me. And I'm <laughs> still trying to figure out why, <laughs> because... Why? Obviously, you got him. You got him right in the horny. I got like right in the shoulder. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like there was nothing sexy about that. Like are you kidding me? Like wow. I don't even yeah. think I was wearing shoes. Oh no, I probably was wearing shoes. I don't intro without shoes. I'm not a animal. Ha ha yeah. ha ha. Uh, <laughs> I used to intro without shoes back in the day because Fucking like risky. Um. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I could just, I was totally attracting foot, foot fetish clients. That's what I can tell people. At the, um, I want the foot fetish boys. Oh my God, you're such a budget bitch. Don't fucking yeah. do that shit for free. You cover those <laughs> toes, bitch. Cover those toes. Oh my God. Um, so what was it like on your first shift at a brothel? Well, okay. So when I, um, I was actually looking for work and the parlor that I ended up interviewing at, and I say interview because that's what I thought I was going for. I did not know I was rocking up to a brothel because the brothel in question had actually illegally advertised for girls. And as you know, you're not allowed to advertise for girls working in your parlor. Yeah. Naughty, naughty. So I actually thought it was a massage parlor because... I'd recently gotten my massage qualification and I was like, oh, I'm going for a real interview. So I'm not kidding. Like I 
slacks, blouse. Like, I don't think I've ever worn that outfit again. <laughs> I had my resume with me. I'm not kidding. An actual resume. Because <laughs> um, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. So I've gone in and, like, the first thing I see is about three or four, like, women in their underwear, like, in dressing gowns, smoking, looking fucking tough as nails, man. Like, like fuck man like seriously they looked like they could beat me up like I'm not kidding they looked fucking terrifying and I was a complete baby of course at the time I would have looked freaking ridiculously young baby deer in the headlights oh my god <laughs> right in the headlights but I got in and the receptionist was really lovely um and then it just looked really weird. Like I was just like, this is weirdly looking for a massage parlor kind of thing. And then she shows me the rooms and I'm like, oh, look, Leah, there's beds in the rooms. Okay, you're just going to nod quietly and be polite and get the fuck out of here is what you're going to do. But I stayed for the whole interview, like I, you know, like I was telling myself in my brain. And, I mean, she won me over. Like she explained everything. I was like, fuck, yeah, I could do this. You kidding me? Fuck, yeah, let's do this. So I went and got a um, health test and was surprised by those because I was like, I thought I'd have to wait because in previously in porn, you would have to wait and make sure you have all of the results printed out and all that sort of stuff. So I was surprised that we didn't have to do that um, and that we just had to go and get our tests. <laughs> so I go back and I think I did something like 10 bookings on my first day which would have been a Monday from like 10 a.m. And I was still living at my parents' place, so I had to be home like by 5.30-ish. So I would have like worked from 10 till 4.30, did like 8 to 10 bookings, made fucking bank. The first thing I did that night was call up my other like civvy job and go, um, thank you, but fuck no, and quit. That was, yeah. I know I didn't go back to a civvy job after that. I was like, fuck that noise. Yeah, but uh, yeah but I mean I didn't know I was walking into a brothel that first time like I just yeah. I still can't believe I took my resume <laughs> <laughs> like have you ever known a horse up with a resume that was shit's fucking hilarious I did my fucking research when I went in so like we've had completely different experiences when it comes to like oh dude I fumbled I'm like the virgin client of like going into hooker like I just fucking went in with my eyes closed and felt around until something felt good like that's basically <laughs> oh my god that <laughs> totally reminds me of what I used to be like when I was first and like first got started this was you just felt the, around until it felt good the first brothel that I worked at I'd only had been in one serious relationship for like not even like seven months so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing so back then I literally would, like, gag on a toothbrush. So for me to, like, suck dick, it would be, like... Oh, <laughs> that's cute. So it was literally, literally just, like, me, like, trying not to throw up on the wieners. So <laughs> the blowjobs that I would give would be, like, little fucking, like, just... Little, <laughs> little... <laughs> just really, really, really bad. And it wasn't until about, I'd say, two years in when I could say that, like, the BJs were half decent. So li just like little slurp <laughs> BJs. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. Like back then I was like, okay, my blowjobs suck, but like the, at least the fuck's good. But then like now I'm just like, okay, the fuck sucks, but I suck real good. 
Yes. Yeah, no, look, I've upped my game. I mean, I was so inexperienced before, like when I joined the industry, like I probably just came into it fairly average. Like, I mean, whatever, yeah, whatever um, I lacked in experience, like I certainly made up for um, with enthusiasm and a baby face. But I do remember my first client. He was so damn lovely. So basically the parlor had this fellow who, looking back, you wouldn't get this kind of client, I think, on call as much these days. Like, I don't, I don't know. But back then, like, most parlors had them. So if you had a brand new girl, you'd have this one dude you'd call and be like, hey, we've got a new girl in. And they'd, they'd baby you into a fucking booking. And I'm not kidding. So I had no idea. And, like, I was just explaining, like, a full service is massage, oral, and sex and so in my brain I'm like okay I'm gonna give him a massage I'm gonna suck his dick and then I'm gonna fuck him and that's it it's easy right except super hella awkward when you're like massaging their back with fucking crap cream like whatever that fucking watered down sorbeline shit is (laughs) and I'm like now how do I get to this point to turning around and just like slamming a condom on his dick and having a go like I couldn't move to that part it was like you could tell that the client was he could tell. He could tell like he was struggling for it. So he turns around and he goes, would you like to just suck my dick for a little bit, darling? And I was like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I said, thank you. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, And, like, the condoms are just over there. Like, he talked me through the whole session and I will be forever grateful on that one. But you don't, like, I honestly, if I have, like, any time a client's like, oh, are you new now? I just think the opposite of that. Like, it's just going to be this dude who's going to be like, well, I'm going to try and stick my fingers in your ass. And obviously, if you're going to let me go down on you, then I can stick my tongue in your ass as well. Because that's the same fucking thing. Like, it's just boundary pushing kind of signals is what I get from those kind of guys now. Whereas... This was not the same breed of client. Yeah. yeah. I miss yeah, those well, dudes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, there's there's not enough of them these days. But um, my first booking, when I was way too young and naive, <laughs> I agreed to a booking that was down in the south, um, sort of like on the way to like Frankston region. So I agreed. I was in the city and I got on a train and I went to... I don't even remember the suburb, but um, the guy was like, was like, I'll pay you like $500 for like six hours. Oh, and that Jesus. is not a lot at all. God, no. Yeah, I was there for like a pretty long time and it was really quite easy. I don't really remember a whole lot of it because my memory is really fucked, but like I remember the guy very clearly. I remember his house and I remember he was nice and like it was very easy like I was like wow okay um it wasn't until I got my second client that I like first got a like a taste of like what guys can be like in terms of like being kind of douchey um this guy specifically requested face fucking on someone who was literally like a baby fucking hooker yeah (laughs) and uh I didn't know what the fuck that meant back then So I'm just like, okay. Um, but when I did actually say, like, look, I don't think I can handle this, he was fine. Can you I just imagine you in the middle of that booking, like, as, like, the this is fine fire meme? <laughs> this is fine. It's all this fine. This is fine. It's totally normal. It's what everyone does. <laughs> and, like, I've got severe emetophobia. 
face fucking has always been like a thing for me that like uh just makes me really fucking nervous and then of course there's your gag reflex my worst nightmare is to throw up on a dick i haven't done it yet i have had a piece of potato come up i have not not ever thrown up on a dick thank god i think i've thrown up on a dick with you oh no oh no but i totally swallowed it i'm a fucking lady oh yeah because i knew that i probably would have fucking like broken down Um, like Oh, dude, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's that, that you, oh, it would have been that dude in Bega, I think, where Was we, um, I don't know, one of them, I, th- I have, it's either the one in Warrigal or it was that old dude in Bega that spat on my pussy and I almost kicked in the <laughs> face. Oh God, that was so disgusting. It probably remember. was that guy because he definitely yeah. would have made me spew a little in my mouth while sucking his dick. <laughs> okay, That's a so regular occurrence. Just, like, I'm so used to that now. <laughs> This is a doubles booking, and the guy sounded, like, fine on the phone, and we got him in, and then he turned out to be a fucking toad. Oh, my God, he was a... And we were looking at each other, and, like, Leah just gave me, like, this... It was was literally the I want to murder this cunt through his dick hole kind of look. (laughs) Like, that's kind of it. Like, I wanted to drown him in, like, half a bucket of his own cum. Like, if I could, that that would have been great. Clients who are listening... This is why you behave like decent human beings and then you won't have hookers giving dirty looks to each other while they suck your dick. And seriously, <laughs> like, just just don't spit on your whore, please, without prior yeah, notice. Like, because, I mean, I tell you now, like, that's been done for me. Like, the next cunt to fucking spit on me is copying my knee right in their fucking jaw. And I will not have any sorries or fucks to have about it. None. It's it's literally not hard to get consent, and there is like people that are totally happy to do like spit fetish. You know what? If I was asked, if I was asked, I might even be inclined to say yes. But like, I don't fucking know unless you ask me, mate. Like, it's all about consent. It's about you know communicating with your partner, even if they aren't getting paid for it. Use your words. Use your words and be fucking nice. It's really that easy. Because it makes our jobs much more pleasant to have someone go, hey, yeah, I've got, like, this kink. I like I like spitting on people. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah, totally, or no. Yeah. Like, that simple. If you want something that is not a part of, like, the standard service and that is definitely not something that is standard, just fucking ask. It's well, yeah. really that simple. <laughs> That's yeah, how we go. It's just this, how it works. This is a story for you all. As to why you should ask before doing. So, on this one occasion, I had this guy who was, like, fingering me downstairs, as you do, and then he decided to shove a, a pinky in the stinky uh, <laughs> right up my asshole without any notice, without any lube, right up there. And then I just looked at him and I said, yeah, you got to take that out right now. And he pulled it out and there was literally shit covered all over his finger and the look of dread on his face was like oh my god i can't believe this shit on my finger and he ran over to the seat and was like washing his hands going oh my god oh my god i can't believe there's shit on my finger that is he was, so like, funny freaking, he was full freaking out right and then i just looked at him and i'm just like um what the fuck did you expect chocolate fucking pudding it's an asshole like <laughs> why would you do, why would you do that without fucking asking it's really that simple. And, like, I'm pretty easy going. If someone does something like that, I'm just like, okay, well, that's your first warning. God. If it happens again, then I'm going to fucking flip out. 
So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to essentially what is a long-form audio shitpost on the podcast Snarky Hollers. Well, at least you've gotten a chance to get to know us a little better, that's for sure. <laughs> and I'm really sorry if any of my clients are listening. <laughs> really not, though. <laughs> you might have been talked about in this episode all scandalous. Okay, oh, no. so... Every week on Thursday at 5.30am Australian Standard Time or Australian Daylight Time, depending on where you're from and what time of the year it is, uh, we'll be releasing a new episode. So make sure to follow us because we're pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, we are that. We're like yeah. we're like the sex industry power couple, really. Like, Yeah. I mean, there's people that genuinely thought that we were actually, like, in a relationship. Oh, dude. I find hilarious. We're, we are whore relationship goals, man. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you want to follow us on social media. So we are on Twitter and we're also on Instagram and Snapchat and possibly TikTok in the future. And all accounts will be called Snarky Harlots. Thank you so much for listening. And this is Avery Fires. And I'm Leah Knights. And this is the Snarky Harlots podcast. And we are fucking off.